Hi, plant friends. Welcome to the Plant Proof Podcast. This is Simon Hill, your host and creator of plantproof.com, your one-stop shop for information on plant-based nutrition. The Plant Proof Podcast is a channel to create thought-provoking conversation with industry leaders, qualified professionals, athletes, and more to help us become more conscious and form healthier and more mindful habits. And now it's time to introduce today's special guest. This week on the Plant Proof Podcast, I ventured over to the Camden Markets in London and enjoyed some fabulous, fabulous vegan food and then recorded a podcast with Damien Clarkson, the co-founder of UK company Vivolution. Vivolution was founded by Damien and his partner, Judy Nardell, and is all about creating amazing multimedia content, running inspiring events, and bringing the plant-powered generation together. Damien himself is a widely published writer and a very in-demand public speaker. And he's had a, a long passion for the environment and sustainability, which he discusses in this conversation that we have. He's also a member of the board for the plant-based community kitchen made in Hackney. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Damon shares his own journey and his own transition to a plant-based diet and gives us a little bit more information into what Beevolution is all about. Damien Clarkson, welcome to the Plant Proof Podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be on the podcast. And uh, let's just paint a picture. We are we're in Camden Markets right now. Yep. And super cool place. Super cool place. Heaps of vegan food here. If, if anyone hasn't been out here, like, is it? Is, do you work around here or? Yeah. Well, we're kind of a, a floating office. You know, we go and work where. Where's chilled out and Camden has loads of great food. So we've just actually been around the corner eating a great like vegan salads, loads of falafel and baba ganoush. So it's a good place to come and get food. And we're in the Triangle, which is a co-working space in London. And uh, co-working scene's really popping off actually. And something maybe we'll talk about in a bit. Yeah, certainly. And have you got a, a favorite place for for vegan food in the Camden markets? Like one go to? I have to say Club Mexicano. These guys are total pioneers of um vegan street food scene here in London. We do a great jackfruit burrito. So yeah, if I'm in Canada, I'm normally heading over there to get some food. Yeah. I, I went have to check it out. I have to show you all the places after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> I went to, I was in Camden last night and I went to Pureza. Pureza, yeah, yeah. Pureza, yeah. Those guys are doing some brilliant stuff as well. We've got some great pizza makers here in um, London. There's Picky Wops as well. Picky Wops is the other one I need to check Those out. guys are just brilliant. I actually were over in LA when we were over recently and the queue for their, their store was massive at Eat Drink Vegan. So that, they're not just doing it here, they're starting to take it. It's America, same club in Mexico, they're having Eat Drink Vegan in LA as well. So the, the UK vegan street food scene is really uh, popping off. And those, all those guys are doing great. And Pereza actually um, are one of the finest in Pitch and Plant, which is the plant-based business pitching competition that Vivolution created last year. And they're going to be pitching for... 100,000, well, over 150,000 pounds investment at the final on the 14th that's, of July. So there's just so much going on at the moment here with the plant-based business. And a lot of it's come from the street food scene and the restaurants, yeah. The street food scene in London is is just immense, isn't it? Every, everywhere I seem to be walking, there's people on their lunch break just, you know, smashing street food. You know what? It's happened so quickly. I went vegan five years ago and I was vegetarian for a few years before that and... Uh, I remember at the time there was just none of this happening. And, you know, people like Marriott Club Mexicana started with little pop-ups, little things. They've just built these businesses from the ground up and they built it without institutional support. You know, they've done it from the outside with their own money. They've done a market. They've made a little bit of money. They've reinvested, you know, do a little bit of a bigger market, get a little bit more food. And they've just gradually built up these businesses that now, you know, doing Latitude Festival and uh, like loads of big events. So it's... um. Really inspiring to see, actually, and for, great for any entrepreneurs out there. You know, you can you can hustle on the way up. You know, sometimes you need help, but you, you know, if you put in the graph, there's loads of opportunities there. And it's, I mean, for a consumer, it's just such a cool concept that you know, from a social point of view, and you can go and try something new every week or you know every month, whenever however frequently the, the market's on. 
Yeah, we've got we've got a couple great ones in in Australia. There's a there's actually this one's it's not a vegan market this one, but it has a lot of vegan food. The noodle market, but yeah, I, I really enjoy getting along to the markets and it's just it's normalizing it, isn't it? You know, you can go to that market like that non-vegan market in Sydney. You take your friends, you know, you can be like, oh yeah, what are you have in India? Got my burrito, it's brilliant. Like it piques people's curiosity because people yeah. know. We need to be eating more plants. We're told we need to be eating more vegetables. And people know, ultimately, there's chronic like heart disease, diabetes, all these things happening to mm. people. And it's because, you know, over the last 70 years, our diet has become totally changed from what it was before. And we've totally lost connection with where our food comes from. So even people who aren't on a vegan journey, they're starting to think, they're little, the things go in their, in their minds thinking, okay, I need to be doing more of this. And if you can give them a great Club Mexicana burrito or Young Vegans pie or... Forever picky what's pizza. That's just totally gets them thinking, you know. And, and I think the 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 key word you used then was normalizing. You know, it's like you said, some of these people they they're not on a vegan journey, but if they can feel that adding you know a few more plant based meals a week is is a normal thing and it's not some weird thing anymore, it's it's easier. Yeah, well, it's, it's it's totally what we're about, like for evolution, just trying to normalize it and make it fun and make it positive and make it something that. No, we can all be a part of. Yeah. So just digging a little little deeper into the the statistics of the UK market, we've just yeah. spoken about what I've seen and what we've seen just around here in Camden now and, and no doubt you experience every single day. But in the UK, from the data that I've I've got off your social media feed, the Vevolution feed, <laughs> which is um incredibly informative. Um three there's three point five million vegans yeah. in the UK which is like 7% of the population, that's, that's enormous. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's incredible, really, considering where, where we were. You know? In 2017, the searches for non-dairy milk in the UK went up 222%, and the UK market for meat-free foods is worth £527 million. These are, these are not small numbers, and no doubt, Companies like Vevolution and certainly Vevolution have had a huge impact in increasing the awareness around, well, you know, what are the benefits of eating more plants? What is veganism? Why should anyone be looking at this type of lifestyle? And I really want to to understand what Vevolution is about. And I think before we do jump into that, I'd love to know more about Damien Clarkson. Yeah, and you know, how you ended up living this lifestyle and being so passionate about being an advocate for it. So did you did you grow up around around London? I did, yeah. I grew up in a place called Dartford in Kent, which is mostly known as sort of a place where you cross over the River Thames. It's, it's not a hub of veganism, a hub of uh, culture, but a, a, a pretty standard, like, southeast commuter town. I didn't grow up vegan. I don't think I really met a vegetarian until I was well into my sort of late teens. And it was something that was just not part of my, my life. Growing up, I was very much in sport. I think I was quite delusional. I thought I was going to go and play for Arsenal Football Club until I was about 14. <laughs> you know, and then I was like, oh, I'll just make it as a professional cricketer. Again, delusional, not going to happen. We've, we've, but, we've all had those moments <laughs> in, the, in the backyard. and <laughs> Delusions of grandeur, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, was, I loved sport. I, I just, you know, I was never happier when I was playing football with my friends or playing cricket, it, it just, it just was my upbringing. And that was what, you know, kept me, kept me focused. And, you know, it's what made me very happy as, as I sort of progress, you know, you get more interested in drinking and then you kind of go, well, I'm not playing so much football, I'm not playing so much cricket and maybe I need to stay in shape. And I started to get quite seriously into weight training in my sort of late teens, early twenties. And I fell into the same trap, you know, young men like my age fall into, you know, just drinking loads of whey protein, eating chicken, eating tuna. And I just didn't feel good. You know, I was, I was looking fine, you know, I was a young guy and, you know, you can train hard when you're yeah. young, you know, you recover, but internally it's not feeling good. And, um, so to, to other people around you, you, you looked like a picture of health. Yeah, totally. You know, and yeah. Uh, I was taking creatine powders and I'm like, why do my, why's my liver ache? You know, I, it's just, I just wasn't connected to where my food came from. And it's, I grew up very much in a standard kind of 
English diet, you know, quite stodgy food and like chicken and fish. And um, I just started to think there must be another way. And I guess I had a, a number of things that happened to me where I, st- I had lucky, fortunate circumstance where I met people who were on that journey. I, I worked, um, my background was in digital marketing, mostly working with NGOs. So before I was running for evolution, that's kind of what I did. I helped people tell a story about, you know, causes that I was passionate about. And a big one of those was climate change. And I was working somewhere and there's a girl in my office who was super cool and she's vegetarian. And she said, there's a thing called Meat Free Mondays. Have you you should check it out. I, she ate vegetarian food and I was really curious. And I said, okay, yeah, like I'll give it a go. I can't really cook. And so she gave me these little recipe cards. She would make up for me. She'd handwrite them. And I would go and make the recipe and then I'd bring it in for her for lunch the next day. And what I found is that cooking with vegetables is much more enjoyable. I was like, okay, this is nice. I don't have to cut up some flesh. piece of flesh that I feel a bit weird about. And it tastes great. And, and you don't need to, you know, keep smelling it. And is this okay? Or yeah, I just started. To, I started to have one vegetarian meal first, and then, you know, a couple weeks later, I'm like, oh, I do. I'm going to do vegetarian on Tuesday as well. And then for it, I'm going to do vegetarian Monday to Wednesday. And then before I knew it, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to give up meat and fish. I'm going to be a vegetarian in the space of six to nine months. I think I had completely given up meat and uh, fish. And were you was there? Were you noticing changes, like internal changes in how you're feeling, energy? or You know what? I, th- I think it was clarity. Clarity, you know, clarity of, of thought was the biggest change. And um, I just had, had an abundance of energy. The biggest in energy shift came when I, a couple of years later, I um, switched from vegetarian diet to a vegan diet. And then I went crazy. I just thought I was going to be, again, the, the delusions of grandeur with fitness came in. I thought, oh, you know, Scott Durack, he's a great runner. Rich Roll, he's a great runner as well. Like, I've read their book. I know what, I know what their game is. Like, I can totally do that as well but my body isn't rich's body or scott's body and i did run a couple of marathons and you know i had so much energy when i first went vegan and i think um i just didn't listen again my body was a body that had been put through quite a lot of rigor over the years and maybe had a period of not being so well looked after where you know i was working really hard and partying quite hard and so veganism i guess helped reground me and connect me back to kind of like fitness but yeah had an amazing energy upsurge and it's um, it quite exhilarating actually at that time. And what what year was this when you were going through that initial like vegetarian Two, sort of phase? 2011. It was actually 1st January 2011. I stopped eating uh, meat and it was before Veganuary, which I come on to in a bit. But yeah, that was the day I, I guess I really, I, I, last time I ate meat was before then. Yeah. And then uh, vegan in June 2013, I went to Berlin. Just so I've never been to Berlin. I just got on a plane. I was like, I'm going to go to Berlin, hang out, I'll go to a hostel or whatever. I make some friends and um, had a, a fantastic time. And I met some German punk rockers who like, oh, there's all these great places in Friedrichstein and took me to Fauna and all these amazing vegan junk food places, actually. But I was like, wow, there's options. It, like, this is really normal. We're going to gigs, we're hanging out and we're eating vegan food. And I was just like, okay, no more excuses. If I can say I can be vegan if I lived in Berlin, I can be vegan if I live in London. And that's, that's what happened. Yeah. And June, 2013. So I've just had five years vegan. Wow. Congratulations. That's huge. It's been easy. It's been great. That's huge. Best thing ever. (laughs) Has your, you know, the type of, the type of vegan food that you were eating then to now, has that changed? Yeah, I guess it has actually. Um, (laughs) I went a bit fruit crazy when I first uh, went vegan. I, I think what happens when you, you choose to eat a vegan diet, your um, your body becomes so much more in tune with smells, so much more in tune with what it needs because you're getting rid of all the kind of stuff that's confusing your body, basically all the hormones and all the stuff that's making your senses a bit blurry. And so I started eating a really whole foods diet, very much fruit heavy. I was eating 10 to 15 bananas a day at some point, <laughs> um, especially in my marathon training. And yeah, I, f- I felt very good. So I lost a lot of weight and became, I would say, um, the leanest I'd, I'd ever been. And um, I think now I eat a mostly cooked vegan diet, but in the summer, like the fruits are just where it's at, you know, and um, obviously in Australia, it's, it's probably a little bit better than it is here. <laughs> so the, the marathon, where, where was, uh, did, was it one marathon? Two. Two marathons. Yeah. Where, where, where were they? 
the first one was in Edinburgh, um, Scotland. And I was the leanest I've ever been, probably the fastest I'd ever been. But I just, again, I was pushing myself too hard. And I think the, the energy I was having from the vegan diet was making me feel invincible. In the, in the lead up. Like yeah, you know, I was training ridiculous. I was doing, you know, training runs at seven, six mile minute pace, which was really quick compared to what I was looking to do a, a sort of 340, 330 marathon. And I just started to feel a bit injured going into the marathon. And it was quite um, a humbling experience. I got halfway and my IT bands completely tightened up, both legs, my knees started to hurt. I had to basically just kind of walk in the second half for staggering. <laughs> and, but you and it, finished it. You finished oh, it. Oh, yeah, I finished it. Obviously, stupidly, I finished it. Uh, but then I kind of did a glut of punishment. I did a second marathon in um, 2015 in Toronto, in Canada. Good friend of mine, Greg Lowe, he's um, a vegan actor. He's been in X-Men and a few other things. Great guy, check him out. He, um, he invited me, he's like, Dame, come on, let's go and do it. Come over to Toronto, we'll have a great time. We'll go and do this um, marathon. Something happened to Greg that was really quite life-changing for him and, you know, affecting me as well. Um, he suffered from, with something called sudden death syndrome, um, where your heart stops. So he finished the marathon in under four hours, so... Greg, you're part of the sub four club, but uh, he had a heart attack when he finished the marathon and um, had to go to emergency hospital and uh, was put in an induced coma that they then brought him out of. But he had to have a pacemaker feared. And so That's I, scary. That's so, so scary. scary. This guy, you know, he's a picture of health. He's, um, you know, he's an actor. He's incredibly in tune with fitness and he's vegan as well. And then, um, but it was a, underlying heart condition, uh, generic, um, genetic. Genetic, genetic heart condition. I finished 15 minutes later and uh, couldn't find Greg. And, you know, I, I um, yeah, I found him eventually in hospital. And for me, I, I guess that kind of put the nail in the coffin of my mouth from running. That was a really bad pun. Sorry. <laughs> but, it, um, you know, I'm thankful Greg made it and he's totally fine. He's a bit, a bit robotic now of his pacemaker but it was um it was a, a life-changing experience because I think it just made me incredibly grateful to be here and I kind of it I feel like it may be um a little bit more fire under me to go out there and try and make some difference you know, so yeah it was a <laughs> interesting experience so it sounds like you gave it a great crack <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're used to working in the the advertising the digital sort of advertising space at this Stage. Yeah, so I'd been working with The Guardian on Keep It in the Ground, big climate change, fossil yeah. fuel divestment campaign. And in 2015, and I just had this urge to kind of do something in the vegan space. I'd been working as a sort of freelance digital consultant, and I hooked up with the Veganery founders in late 2013, Matthew, and Jane, Matthew Glover and Jane Land. I basically got involved in the very first veganery campaign, helping them with digital communications. And that has gone on to become like a global mm. success. And I was very much inspired by them and felt that I need to be contributing and making an impact in this scene as well. So at that point, I was actually working on our first event we did in 2015, which is called Vegan Futures. Um, it's a one-off event. And it kind of was the catalyst for sparking the idea about what was to come, which was Fevolution. And Vevolution itself, it's a, it's a media, it's an events company, which is essentially all about raising awareness about plant-based living. Yeah, I would say it's about positivity first. Positivity. Um, and making a positive impact in the spaces where we live and we work and our community. So we see veganism, plant-based living as a social movement. And it's a movement to create positive impacts on the world. You know, if more people are eating plants, we've got you know, less people with chronic illnesses. We've got hopefully a more livable climate for future generations. And you know, we've got less animals being killed. So we want to redefine what veganism, not what it meant, but we want to show how veganism could positively impact on the world. And I feel like we've done a really great job of know bringing together this new kind of vanguard of people who look at the world in a holistic way and look at the impact we can have and i guess evolution has become a real showcase for that and you you founded it with judy 
Yep, Judy Nadal, who's uh, my partner and she's my fiance actually, and also go. co-founder. So we are fit. we are another one of those vegan vegan couples who are out there trying to make impact. And Judy is just she's phenomenal. She is absolutely so dedicated to making change, and she is just so professional and just absolute has incredible hunger to make change and make things really good for people. She just never dials anything in. She never just kind of says that will do. It's always about trying to create the best experiences for people. And that's like a great thing to have as you're a co-founder. I know a lot of people struggle to find co-founders and people to work with. I'm lucky I found someone I love and then I found a co-founder as well. So that was great. And was was Judy a, was she already living in sort of vegan lifestyle before you met her? Or? <laughs> no, I confirmed her. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? She was an easy target though. Um, I met her and she was like, oh, I don't really like meat. I just kind of eat it family meals like uh so i was like oh, okay i'm onto a winner here i can definitely tell her about veganery and she she did veganery and another veganery convert in 2014 she did that and um yeah it was great really 2015 was it 2015 she did veganery she's been vegan ever since so, so yeah when, when you guys first started dating yeah. You know, was it straight, was it, did she know straight away that you were vegan or was it, yeah, was it on yeah, the first totally. date? Or? Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we actually um, went for a drink and we went and got some Thai food and she had vegan food with me as well. So I was like, okay, okay this is good. Good sign. She's like in solidarity. There was the time she had yogurt. You know, we don't, we do remember that. <laughs> but that's <laughs> that fine. She was brilliant, you know, and she just totally, for her, she was a long time vegetarian who relapsed. And I think, I was just able to tell her about why mm. I ate plants and, you know. She got it. She got it. And I didn't judge her and I never made her feel bad. And I feel like that's totally the way to approach people mm. and trying to remove the judgment and remember yeah. that we all, most of us, you know, weren't born vegan or vegetarian. And, you know, we had to learn and we had to kind of, yeah, go through that process. So always understanding that is, in my eyes, the key to being an effective communicator. Okay, so tell us, tell us what you and 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 Judy and and Beevolution, what what have you done to date, and and what are you up to? So, like on a daily, weekly basis, what is Beevolution all about? Yeah, <laughs> I feel like we're hustling a lot at the moment. <laughs> um, so our first big big event was in November two thousand sixteen in East London. We had about five hundred people come down, come from all over the world. People come from all over Europe and. It was really daunting to see that many people turn up and, you know, uh, we pulled it off. It was, it was not the ideal venue, but people loved it. People came back, you know, and we kind of had, in the events business, you have a net rater score and that's kind of the average score that people rated it. And people were like, this was like a 9.0 event, you know, like, wow, okay, that's pretty good for our first time out. What was the event called? Evolution Festival 2016. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So, and then... Uh, we were like, okay, we need to bring people together more regularly. And we partnered up with an event co-working space in London called The Trampery. And um, we started our Evolution Topics series. So the idea behind that is monthly events on different topics. So we're doing one next week, actually, on ethical fashion and beauty. Mm-hmm. And so we've done one on health and fitness. We've done ones on environment, which have been sensational. The environment events have been just mind-blowing. Um, entrepreneurship, food innovation. So we have these monthly we started having these monthly events in 2017 and then we did our evolution festival november 2017 at the royal institution in london which you now this place is a 200 odd year old venue one of the the heart of science it couldn't be more establishment if you tried you know and we're taking the vegan movement into mayfair and saying hey hey guys like we're actually part of the forward thinking movements of how we're going to create the future which you know the scientific movement was during, you know, the 18th, 19th century. This place was the hub of that. We're now like taking plant-based movement into there and saying, hey, we're part of this change. So that was, that was mega, you know, and we had... Um, what happens in there at the festival? So it's the easiest way to describe it to someone on this podcast. It's like a TED Talks, but all the speakers are plant-based. So it's all about creating positive change in the world. And it's all about entrepreneurship, health and well-being, food. It's about, you know living your life with purpose and making a positive change. It's not about judging people. It's not about showing people sort house videos. It's about going there and saying, hey, I've got this idea. I'm doing this thing and I want, I need a tribe. I need more people to join me in doing it. It's about going and spreading that message that 
you know, we can make an impact together. And, you know, we are part of a generation that is looking beyond the corporations and looking beyond, you know, using our skills there. We're like, okay, let's use it to, yeah, like have a living, have a career, but actually have a career purpose and make a positive impact on this planet. So that is in a nutshell what Evolution is always about. It's a really education-focused, thought-focused festival. We have workshops, we have panel discussions. We do have street food there, of course, in London, you have to have great street food. But it's not about consumption, it's about ideas and it's about innovation. And and who are some of the speakers that you've had? Yeah, we've had some like amazing speakers in the last year or so. I'm going to just read out some names. So if I miss you off, like, (laughs) no no judgments. So we've had Tim Sheaf, a world championship free runner. We recently had Adrian Herbert, Adidas Global Ambassador. We've had guys like Derek Sarno, So Vegan, Ben and Roxy from So Vegan. They've got a new cookbook coming out. Check that out. Um, the Bosch guys in Henry, they've been massive supporters of us since early on. Um, and they've had the best-selling cookbook in the UK. Um, so yeah, they're they're yeah. And those guys are absolutely, I love the way they've built their businesses on giving and not always giving their time and their energy and, you know, their platform to people. They've been a massive supporter of Evolution from the start and a, uh, Really grateful to them. We've had um, the Fee we founder, Matthew Glover. He gave a sensational talk a few weeks ago about how we need to be working with big business to create change. And, you know, it's really controversial when the vegan movements go up there and say, hey, McDonald's, KFC, you know, we need to be showing these guys the way. And if they come to us wanting our help, we need to be ready to offer that. And he's, he's very brave and very pioneering in this movement, um, very very glad to actually have him as an ally and them began me as a partner of um, Evolution. We've had um, people like Tori Washington, um, came over from America yeah. on the health side. John Lewis, badass vegan, yeah. uh, came over last year, and Dominic Thompson. Those guys are fantastic. You know, I've, I've never met people who can come off a 24 hour flight with so much energy. They're those doing, guys, they're doing amazing things. Absolute squad going out there, creating change. Absolutely love those guys. And it's great. You know, they brought the American vibe to the festival, and we had, um, Vegan Fat Kid team come over, you know, a lot of the Americans kind of getting involved in what we're doing, which, you know, those guys coming over has led to Evolution recently going to LA um, and being part of the Seed Food and Wine Summit in LA and uh, attending and collaborating with Eat Drink Vegan, which is amazing. Those guys are doing a 10,000 person food and wellness festival out there in LA. And it was, it was amazing so to go. Cool. So cool. So eye-opening to go and see how big the movement was there. And it wasn't just confined to a certain type of person, it was everyone, you know, with families there from all walks of life, big groups of people just enjoying food and just like saying, hey, like we're plump power people. And so what we're doing is super cool. And the, I mean, the number of conversations that must happen off the back of these events when people go home or back to uni, you know, what did you do on the weekend? Oh, I did this. Oh, what was that about? We get so many emails and so many people we meet say, oh, I met my, my business partner there. I had this great conversation with someone and you know, we're doing this now at Evolution. It's become such a hub of um, innovation and connection and people starting businesses. And I think we've been very much from the outset okay with saying, hey, like entrepreneurship, that's really cool. And it's something we totally embrace and we're here to support you as much as me and Judy can as founders. We give our time. Judy is like fantastic and making sure she follows up with everyone and like just supports people. And we try and do that as much as we possibly can. And I think I've, that's been a change about the way we've gone about things as to oppose things that have come before. We've openly said that entrepreneurship and making money and then reinvesting that to do good is totally fine. And we're, we're about that. So that's a change because traditionally in the UK, the vegan movement has maybe come from more of a kind of less leftist kind of hippie movement, counterculture, counterculture basically. Yeah. And um, we kind of said, okay, we're showcasing the people who want to make it part of the mainstream narrative and want to make as much change as possible. And all these, ex- these things that existed before, there's a real place for them and a need for them. For a lot of people, that'd be the first time they ever come to eat vegan food. And it's just fantastic that they're there. We're just saying that we're just doing something a little bit different and we're just representing these people who are coming from the tech world, coming from the advertising world, coming from media and saying okay, I want to create change. I've got all these skills, all this, all this knowledge I've been using to grow corporations. Now I want to do it to grow brands with purpose, brands that maybe they've created themselves or help people who you know, are creating these brands. So, And, I mean, uh, I've seen you guys are doing a number of events 
you know, on business and entrepreneurship yeah. in particular. In, in the UK market, where do you see the greatest opportunities? You know, if people are listening and they're from the UK and they do want to create a more conscious company, company that can help sort of plant-based movement, what, what do you think are the, the greatest sort of areas? Okay, this is, these are just my opinions and they're no way the only areas out there. But I think anything that's working with convenience and plant-based foods is, is a great market because people are more busy than ever before, more stressed. And there's great companies out there like All Plants who are already, you know, providing really high quality convenience meals. Guys at Plantful just launched some great convenience products. So I think anything that, you know, is really focused on whole foods and convenience, that's a great place to be. I think the next, we've seen such a boom in vegan street food. And, you know, if you're in London, it's great. It's still loads of opportunities. If you're listening to this and you're in Bradford or I was recently in Harrogate in York, you're in Yorkshire. You know, there's still, they need a Club Mexicana up there. They need, they, they need vegan street food as well. So actually in London, it may feel like quite a saturated market, the vegan street food scene, but in other parts of the UK, there's massive opportunities. If, you, if you've got a passion for food and you're not afraid to work really, really, really hard, I think there's a great opportunity to start street food businesses that then, you know, could become more established restaurants. I think we, in the UK... I've just recently been in LA and San Francisco and there's some really great healthy food out there, healthy vegan food, very much focused on a whole foods diet. And I feel like here in the UK, that, that was kind of traditionally, it was our whole foods, you know, homemade mm. cooking was what you got if you looked out vegan places. And we've looked to America, we've bought over all this great vegan street food that is now, there's a space for high quality restaurants and especially as people who, not so, in the mainstream, people who are working in more high-income careers, not from the counterculture, maybe working in finance, working in TV, mm. they're going to want to eat in nice restaurants like they did before they went vegan. So we've got to provide those choices. So I think if you can create a restaurant that is kind of a fine dining experience and plant-based, I think there's a great, great opportunity there. There's, there's so, so much opportunity. There's all these kind of um, plant-based burgers coming over. We've got Beyond Burger just announced they're going to be in Tesco. I had the launch party this week. Um, Did you go to that? I was invited, but I was working too hard. I couldn't go. <laughs> um, I was meant to go as well because um, I, I, I had Derek yeah. on the podcast yeah. uh, earlier in the week. Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, like, like I said before, I got food poisoning yeah. uh, from Morocco. So it wasn't I, from Derek's food, no? It wasn't from Derek's <laughs> food, no, no, no. <laughs> no Derek, Derek's great, actually. We collaborated with him on the Fevolution, sort of hosted the Wicked Kitchen launch party in January, which is great. Him and Chad. Chad Chad's been 15, vegan for 15 years, and, you know, he, those guys together are doing um, fantastic stuff, yeah. Crazy stuff. Yeah. I think now they're even they're working on a, um, a no-fish tuna. Yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah, good catch. That looks um, pretty cool too. That's really cool. And that's that's another massive opportunity actually because, you know, we've got the alternative meats coming here, but the fish thing is not being yeah. nailed, nailed as much. And I think um, there's going to be a lot of businesses who are going to do really well in the next sort of 10 years. And I, if you're working and you're passionate about veganism and you're willing to kind of, you're able, you're privileged enough to be able to take that risk, go out and start something, just do it. It's, there's never been a better time to start a vegan business. Like, I'm not going to lie, it's, re- it's hard, you know, like there's not tons and tons of money out there, but it's the first time in history in the UK, if you're a vegan, where there's a real, there's an opportunity for a whole wave of us. It doesn't just need to be one convenience, you know, meal. Don't, we don't just need all plants. We need 10 all plants. Because if we're going to make mainstream plant-based eating, to make it so tasty and so accessible people just choose that it's just the option i mean and like we said at the start at seven percent of the population is vegan here yeah but then think of the number of people who are not vegan who are adding, yeah 93 percent 93 percent who who are adding more plants to yeah. their meals you know? yeah i think mintel said there's something like 28 percent of people in the uk have started reducing their meat consumption in the last six months you know that that's incredible this just wasn't happening 10 years ago. And I think a large part of credit needs to go to these people like Bosch, like All Plants, like Club Mexicana, like Veganery, who are coming out there and saying, we're going to create 
loads of really tasty, accessible food. And we're going to make loads of information about how you can live this life widely and freely available. And that's, that's what's been driving the change. I have no doubt that's what's been driving the change because before Instagram and before, you know, people, it just wasn't out there. Like we, we know um, Kip and Keegan from Cowspiracy, like those guys, the amount of people have come up to me and said, you know, oh, I watch Cowspiracy. And then, you know, I, I, ditched, I ditched animal products from my company. I think we've got two sponsors of Evolution who watch Cowspiracy and then turn their companies plant-based. Like, mm, powerful. You know, so powerful. Like we saw Keegan recently when we were in LA and like told him this. He's just like, wow, you know, these guys, you know, if, you, if you're a filmmaker, that's a great, a great way to create change as well. And I mean, talking about documentaries, I last night started watching Plastic Ocean. Okay. Have you seen that? No, I haven't seen that one. And I mean, we were talking about the ocean just before and they were the trillion pieces of plastic because the plastic gets essentially never breaks right down. Yeah. But it just becomes really, really small particles, which we can barely see. Yeah. But the fish eat. Yeah. Um, and, and the birds on the, um, the seabirds are also eating. And they, they had a few dead seabirds that they found and yeah, they, were, they, they were cutting their stomachs open yeah. um, to see what was inside. And these one of them had 433 pieces of plastic in its stomach, and that's not the record, 490 years. It's crazy. Sadly, that doesn't surprise me. We had um, a talk by Dr. Lucy Gilliam, uh, environment event this year, and she's the co-founder of X Expedition, which is an all-female sailing crew who go around the world testing the oceans for plastics and examining the impact of plastics on the environment and also human health, especially in women. They've, they've found very, very similar results to their research and such a massive problem. And it's so the, it's really struck the cultural zeitgeist at the moment, plastic. And it's um, something we've seen as well with the vegan movement, massive upsurge of interest. And a lot of the companies are thinking about how can they adapt their pe- packaging to move away yeah. from single-use plastic and you know it's it's going to take a long while because it's it's about also rejigging the logistics and the transportation system the shelf so, life and yeah. yeah there's a lot to think about but that's a great a great again business opportunity if you're we've seen quite a lot of um nut powders for plant-based milks come up recently things that you know are long life but also lightweight and low impact any kind of low impact business at the moment is a great place to be and i think if you can weave that into your your story and your your product from the outset, you're going to really strike a chord with like our generation, millennials and centennials and generation. What's it? Generation said now, like the people, the teenagers coming up because they expect companies to care and expect companies to be wanting to not destroy the planet as a bare minimum. That's like getting through the door, yeah, even yeah. to look at you. If you're if you're disrupting the planet in a bad way, they're not going to not going to be brand ambassadors for you. So. I think um, change is coming really quickly. It's a really exciting time to be an entrepreneur and a really exciting time to be a plant-based entrepreneur, especially. And you, you mentioned this, the discussion um, at the evolution mm. on big corporates like McDonald's mm. and, and, you know, Hungry Jack's Burger King. And if they do want some help, being able to help guide them and help them transition to a, a you know, a more conscious business model. Where would you like to see those companies make changes and how, you know, realistically, if we look at, say, the next five, 10 years, what do you see happening? Okay, yeah. So McDonald's and KFC aren't going to stop killing animals tomorrow. No, they, they've built these, com- these huge companies over 50 years based on the exploitation of animals. That's just like, that's very clear. What is clear that plants are the future and that the young people coming up now, they're going to eat more plant-based food. We'll say if we're at 7% of veganism in the UK now, we could be at 15% in five years. That's not unrealistic the way it's growing. And these companies are going to have to adapt. So for me personally, I would never like actively choose to go into McDonald's and like have a burger, you know, but you know, there may be a time where I'm on a stag do somewhere in Eastern Europe and they have a vegan burger and I go, okay, like this is the only way I'm going to eat not nuts and my track bar and fruit. And I may make that choice then. What I want though is for people who, you know, growing up, I never was vegetarian. Like if I had gone into McDonald's though and seen a vegetarian option, it might have been the first time I thought about it, you know, because I used to go in there with my friends after we went swimming. Like 
that's what we would do. So I, if we have vegan options in McDonald's and KFC, it will plant seeds with so many people. And it may be that that person wants to eat a vegetarian or vegan option, but they feel embarrassed. They feel like it's awkward. They're going to have to make their friends go somewhere else. But if it's there, they can do it and just feel normal and part of like what their group is doing. So I feel like we need to be very open to these companies and say, hey, like we think veganism is the way to go. And if we want to help you create great vegan products, we want to stop killing animals eventually. But, you know, we understand that you can't, you've got to work, you've got to make ch- change gradually. And there's a great, um, there's a foundation called the Collier Foundation. And they have a project called FAIR, F-A-I-R-R. And it's about um, the impacts of factory farming and what they do. They've got basically, I'm probably going to get the number wrong here, but 2.2 trillion commitment of money the Collier Foundation manages Jeremy Collier is one of the one of the top fund managers kind of in the UK and he's saying okay hey guys there's 2.2 trillion pounds worth of money here it's invested in your companies what are you doing on factory farming and they are going to these companies like Tesco going to McDonald's and they're getting reports back what they're doing for animal welfare and they are basically framing investment in animal agriculture as a long-term risk as a long-term investment risk because people are moving away from eating animal products. No, so yeah, the work wow. these guys are doing because they have so much money basically committed all these guys into these businesses and they're going, well, look, these are your shareholders. These are people who put money into your company. They want to see transparency about what you're doing around animal agriculture. And they're getting all this data back and they produce some great reports you can look at and basically frame in long-term that if you invest in animal products, it's a, a, a risk in the same way if you're investing in Fossil fuels in 2018 is a risk because eventually that bubble's going to pop and people are just going to say it's unpalatable to eat animals, some, like how it's unpalatable to, it will be to burn fossil fuels. So these guys, you know, are creating that long-term change. And eventually what will, ha- what will happen undoubtedly is that McDonald's will buy Veggie Grill or some other kind of like vegan burger brand that's gone out there and established. And eventually they will probably transition to being an all vegan company. I Probably not in my lifetime, but, you know... I, I, in a hundred years and McDonald's still around, I'm pretty sure it'd be an all vegan company. And we need to just play the part, you know, and that means, that means encouraging them and saying, Hey, if you want to do a vegan burger, come and speak to us because we're helping do a really good vegan burger. That's not rubbish, you know, and then that plant seeds and people mm. and all the little provincial like provinces and little small towns in the UK. And then you've got the guys like Jeremy Collier, like doing amazing work you know, lobbying these guys and getting information about what they're doing. And, you know, it's a whole circle of change. And that's how we create change. It has to come from every angle and it has to come from all of us doing our part in different ways. And I, th- I think you made a really good point before about, you know, the Colliers and, and these big corporate companies, they're watching the data. They're very data-driven, right? Yeah, totally. So, you know, the fact that there's 7% of the UK are vegan, they're, they're watching that and they'll use that to adjust the type of product service that they offer. Yeah. But also to your point, once if they have vegan food on their menu, you know, some people, you know, obviously wouldn't want to support a company like McDonald's, but there is the other argument saying, well, they're going to watch the data in terms of how many of those vegan burgers are they selling? You know, how many people are walking in and buying them? And, you know, in fact, by actually buying food from them that is vegan, it may be highlighting to them you know, how big that demand actually is and sees them change quicker. Yeah, well, you know, maybe we should get in there and support them as well. I think everyone's got to make their decision based on what's right for them. Yeah. And, you know, there are some fantastic vegan companies doing burgers, especially in London. You know, we're very lucky. And I I just think it's about having those options there and then they will get the support. I just know that in people's hearts, they know that eating more plants are the right things to do. And I'm sure, like... People have had enough KFCs, and if they go in there, they're like, "Oh, actually, I might have the the Temple of Satan style, you know, like corn chicken or the Satan Satan chicken." I think we just need to encourage that and just understand that McDonald's and KFC or whoever they're not perfect, they're not vegan companies, and it's going to be a long while before they are. But we need to just sort of, if they come and knock in, be ready to kind of answer them with like, "Okay, we're here to help you. We're not here to positivity judge you. and yeah, and embrace and, it." Yeah, and you know, and be okay if that means like people are spending money on vegan products in McDonald's and showing them there's demands. Like, I'm going to spend money there anyway. Why not have it on the vegan products and then show them that 
end of the day, it's it's cheaper to probably grow vegetables than to kill animals. Although, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> but yeah, you, you know, I think um, long term these businesses will be they're more plant based. Yeah, how cool would that be in say a hundred years time? You know, you and I be 133. Yeah. We'll be 133. You, you and I are well, we're, we're well, we're well gone. But <laughs> kids looking back and going, "Geez, it's crazy that McDonald's used to serve meat." Yeah, you know what? It will be like um, I'm. I'm sure that this this change is coming. It's only a matter of time, and it's up to us to kind of drive that as long as along as fast as possible. And that means being pragmatic. And that means sometimes we have to like upset our inner radical and do things that maybe we like. We have to compromise on, but if that's what creates long-term impacts and change, it means less animals are dying and means more people are healthy and eating nourishing food. Like I'm totally for that. So I think that's really important. I love it. The pragmatic approach. It's it's yeah. it's, it's different to what people, you know, in yesteryear or previously would have associated veganism with. Um you know, it's it's totally going on still like that. And it's just it's just so much more refreshing and you know, open arms. Let's do this together just to benefit our world. Yeah. And the world for future generations, yeah. you know, and our, our future kids. And that's, that's what it's about. And it's about taking away that ego and kind of saying that, like, you know, we've all, we've all been there. Like me, so I used to be really into climate change and I used to not fly because I was like, dude, I just, I just can't fly because I'm, you know, I'm going to be emitting this much carbon. And that purest approach was damaging, not only to my, my growth as a human, because know traveling is something that really opens your your eyes to the world i think and the impact you can have and where you should be putting your energy and i think like the, ve- the vegan movement traditionally has a like quite a lot of element of that elitism in especially here in the uk and that kind of purist approach and we need to say that we're going to be pragmatic and i mean sometimes we're going to have to compromise a little bit on our not set our inner radical but that means like you know we're going to see more people eating plant-based food and more people moving away from wearing leather I'm totally for that. And I, I think people like Mendy Joy and Tobias Leinhart, they, they serve a massive amount of credit for openly talking about this kind of stuff. And, you know, they get a lot of heat on social media for it. And um, I'm totally with them. I think they're totally rock stars. So evolution from from here forward, what's what's on the horizon? What have you got planned for, for the rest of 2018? When's the next evolution Festival? Yep. Can't disclose that yet, but it will be in November 2018. Um, it will be in London again, and it's going to be bigger than ever before. And we've got some amazing people lined up, and we're just finalising the details on a really exciting venue. So that'll be coming again. Sorry for all the people waiting because it takes time. You know, it's difficult actually. We're still a self-funded startup, and we, we you know, you know, we go in there and we're kind of having to sell the whole like plant-based vegan thing to them, and we get. We recently had to tell people exactly the kind of speakers we'd be having at the festival because they'd seen stuff on TV where a certain type of vegan had been on TV and like it made them nervous about veganism. So we've got to say, hey guys, we're the kind of cool entrepreneurial environmentalists types who want to create positive impact. So there are a lot of challenges running big events in London, but more immediately coming up, we have a cool fashion and beauty event, last of the evolution topics in 2018. And we've got the first ever plant-based business boot camp happening on the 14th of July. So it probably would happen by the time this this goes out, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I think this will go up in a few weeks. Maybe around the same time. Okay. Cool. If you're in London, it goes out for <laughs> come along. Basically, it's an all-day training workshop. We've got the guys from Bosch, plant-based news. We have the founder of Nixon Kicks, founder of Bowl Foods, great food companies, founder of Planet Organic, coming into like. Share their experiences about raising money, self care, finance, marketing. Yeah, Planet Organic is a great shop. Amazing. It? Yeah, I think like those guys are pioneers. Like they, you know, the idea of a health food shop here was just like not good before they came along. So like we've got this whole training day happening, and then we've got second ever pitch and plant. So I don't know, Simon, have you heard about pitch and plant? Okay, cool. So pitch and plant is the world's, I guess, largest now plant based business pitching competition for. Any of our viewers listening in America or Australia, it's a bit like Shark Tank. So we have five judges who get pitched to by plant-based entrepreneurs, and then they kind of get cross-examined. And there's a hundred thousand pounds investment on offer towards their fundraising rounds for the winner or winners of um, the competition coming up. 
So this was something we created in 2017. And this is just indication of the kind of growth that we had last year at the festival in November. We ran this competition with um, a prize of £2,000 on offer, just a, a donation from the investment firm we're working with. Yeah, yeah. This year's £100,000 investment oh, wow. they're putting up. We partnered with Crowdcube as well, and it's just on so much of a bigger scale. So the demand is there, and there's the quality of applicants we've just had has been... When, when's that on? 14th of July, after the plant-based boot camp, uh, um, Lost Studios in Soho. So there will be some tickets going on sale for that as well. Yeah, man. Um, that's amazing. You know, this is just like the beginning. This is just the beginning. This is like really the beginning, like the last couple of years of like vegan plant-based businesses in the UK. And we're already seeing like people with money step up and say, hey, I want to support you guys in creating change. And that's, those guys are heroes as well, you know, who are lucky enough to have lots of money. And they're like, willing to say, okay, we're going to take punts on these entrepreneurs who, you know, are doing something that is creating positive impact in the world. So, yeah, that's really cool. It's amazing. And like, we're really, really excited about doing that around the world. Like with Evolution, the goal of ours is to be, to take it to other parts and places in the world. So we were recently in LA and that was our first kind of uh, trip over there. And we got to meet some great people and we interviewed Moby, who is a total rock star. You know, I went to his uh, restaurant. Uh, oh, Little Pine. We Little went. Pine. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's great. Yeah. We, yeah. Oh, God, it was so good. We went with the Bosch guys <laughs> and just. It's amazing. <laughs> really blew my mind, actually. Where um, else did you eat in LA? Sage. Sage is great too. Sage is great. Went to Veggie Grill just because, you know, it's yeah, LA, you need to go to do there. that. Uh, we also went to... Ooh, did you try oh, Cafe Gratitude? Didn't, but we went to um, in San Francisco, Madras Gracias, which is Gracias, their, Madre. Yeah, which yeah, is yeah. their Mexican. Yeah, 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 went, yeah. Went there in San Fran, which was fantastic. And we... um. In LA, we also went to Ramen Hood, the street food place, that, with, with Klaus on Plant-Based News, and we're just like, wow, this is just off the hook. It's amazing. Like, we're, we're totally open to taking this to all sorts of places, and LA is probably the big, the big next stop for the evolution in early 2019, and we've made some great connections over there, and, uh, you know, definitely excited about working with some of the organizations over there doing great stuff, and we, yeah, met some great people, so... Evolution in LA in 2019 is definitely the next big goal in our first kind of international expansion. And we want to, you know, take it all around the world because this is a movement. You know, we're not just physical events happening. We're filming them. We're making them into podcasts. And we want all this information just to be out there. And so wherever people are listening or watching or attending, they come away feeling like I can go out there and be part of the positive impact, positive change in the world. I'll have to, uh, to get over to Sydney after LA. I would love to go to Sydney again. Like, uh, last time I was in Sydney, I ate so many pad thais. <laughs> like, yeah, the Thai food there was amazing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, love to come over. Love to do that. And that's this week's episode of the Plant Proof Podcast. Connect with myself and the Plant Proof community at plantproof.com and at plant underscore proof on Instagram. Don't forget to sign up to the newsletter to receive our free plant-based nutritional information, including recipes, important blogs, and much more direct to your inbox. Until next time, folks, I'm your host, Simon Hill. Keep your spacesuit plant-proof.